listening to Consider This with Sam Dylan Finch. This is a podcast where we have feelings about having feelings. It's a little bit of a diary for me, Sam Dylan Finch, a mental health writer that focuses on the LGBTQ community. And more than anything, I'm hoping that this podcast will be a little bit of a reprieve from negative news, from triggering content, from daunting world issues that can feel a little bit overwhelming in our day-to-day. I'm really excited about this podcast, and let me tell you why. The responses that I got to last month's episode were so lovely to hear. A lot of you shared that it tapped into the kinds of conversations that you've been wanting to have but haven't found the space for. Kind of the deep, emotional, even philosophical conversations about just being a human being. Because we live in such a divisive, intense, triggering time, we don't always make space to have emotional, meaningful conversations about life stuff, about soul stuff. I was hoping that this podcast would create a space for those conversations, and from the feedback that I got, it sounds like it did. And so I'm really thrilled to be able to continue creating space for that. If you're new to this podcast, um, you should probably know a thing or two about me. I am a blogger and a mental health writer, so I blog at letsqueerthingsup.com, and I also write an advice column, Crazy Talk, at a website called Healthline, which is a health information website. You're a trusted ally in health. They did not sponsor this, just to be clear. I just really appreciate the work that they're doing. So now that you know a little bit about the podcast and a little bit about me, I'd love to jump into this episode's topic. Since the new year is coming and I've had a lot of thoughts about intention setting and what I want my next year to look like, I wanted to focus this episode on looking ahead and more specifically exploring some of the things that held me back this year and some of the realizations that I had that I hope to carry into 2019. So stay tuned and let's talk. What are you thinking about for the year ahead? And what are some things you want to release or let go of? I'd love to know, share with me, uh, and stay tuned. Let's have a conversation. So consider this, weirdness is your superpower. One thing I want to talk about when I'm looking ahead to 2019, reflecting on 2018, is the relationship that I developed towards self-shame. In other words, those moments where I questioned myself or felt ashamed of myself or embarrassed of myself. Something really powerful happened for me this year when I started to pay attention to that feeling and when I started to question why it was there. One thing that I try to do when I have emotions is think of them as messengers or visitors. More often than not, emotions are there for a reason, and it's not always a good reason. 
Imagine that your emotional reality or space or consciousness, whatever, is like a house or a home. You wouldn't just let a random visitor into your home. They would either be invited or at least you'd know why they were there. You would want an introduction. I've been trying to treat shame as a visitor and more specifically to really investigate where it's coming from, why it's with me, what it's trying to teach me. And what I've learned is that shame is kind of like a series of breadcrumbs. When we're talking about personal growth, I find that the more familiar I become with my shame, the more I learn about where I need to grow, the wounds that need to heal still, and most importantly, I discover a lot of opportunities Shame has become something of an opportunity for me because I find that the things that I'm most ashamed of about myself are actually the most unique and wonderful parts of myself. There are a lot of moments that I can remember from when I was very little. When my behaviors or my feelings or different aspects of myself were considered weird or strange and became the source of a lot of unhappiness for me, not because I didn't like those aspects of myself, but because society is not always so great about people who are different. But what I've learned is that the more that I embrace those weirder qualities of myself, the more joyful I am. And quite honestly, the more successful and whole and well I am. It seems so counterintuitive because I think I assumed for the longest time that shame pops up because it's trying to warn you or keep you from doing something. And in a sense, that's true. Shame is often a product of a lot of conditioning that we've had earlier in life to get us to conform to get us to avoid bullying or any kind of ostracizing that might happen if you stepped out of line. But, I mean, if you're listening to this, I'm just going to assume you're of a certain age where you have a little more agency and self-determination than you did as a kid. Speaking for myself, I'm an adult now. I can choose whether or not to listen to that voice of shame that tells me I'm being a little strange or that I should change my behavior. Now, sometimes we feel shame because we did something kind of cruddy, and that's a learning opportunity. But sometimes we feel shame just because we are who we are, and because somewhere along the line we got a response to being ourselves that wasn't the response that we wanted. In 2019, one of the kinds of intentions that I set for myself was that I was going to be radically myself. And I want to explain why, because I think it's really, really important. For one, I think being able to show up authentically in your life is precious and very important. And also because Somehow, anytime I've had a really big growth moment, a moment where I learned something really important, or I discovered something really magical, 
Shame was always lurking somewhere. If I did something that wasn't awesome, I was ashamed of my behavior, and that might have led me to get defensive or avoidant or not engaged with what I did or who I hurt. But when I worked through that shame and took some ownership over my behavior, I was able to grow. Similarly, I'm a big nerd and I can get really wordy and poetic and I've always felt really self-conscious about that, about being someone who has so many feelings and someone who is just a little bit odd, maybe. And I found that when I started to ignore the shame that came with that and instead just gave myself space to be, I was so much happier and the world responded to the joy that I showed up with. I thought that I was going to get this cruddy reaction that people were going to tell me that I was pretentious or, or just strange, but instead it seemed like the more I allowed myself to just be radically Sam, the world actually responded in a really beautiful way. Because believe it or not, our childhood bullies do not define, you know, the person we should actually be. It really is just a reflection on them. And it's weird when we start to notice the ways in which our parents or our childhood bullies, and sometimes those are one and the same. It's weird how they just pop up even when we're older and arguably wiser. So in 2019, I've just been thinking, I want to really interrogate and unpack gently the kinds of shames that I still feel and have still internalized, the limits that I've placed in myself, often unconsciously, as a way of making myself appear or show up in a particular way. Because honestly, and I know this is cliche to say, but life is really, really short. I lost a really close friend to suicide at the end of January of this year, and shame was one of many emotions that I was feeling. Shame also was a catalyst for so much growth. I was ashamed in some ways of the friend that I had been to people in my life, not always being someone that can be counted on, not always being someone who's on time, and also shame of how I let certain emotions or fears just get in my way. Shame that there were people in my life who didn't fully know me because I didn't allow myself to fully be myself. I've been trying to take on this like opportunity mindset, which sounds like some hokey self-help bullshit, but it's truthful in a way. What I mean by that is that there are abundant opportunities in all sorts of experiences, even negative experiences. And when I start to actually look for those opportunities, instead of judging myself or trying to control the circumstances or avoiding discomfort, when I actually fully embrace opportunity in every moment, I'm a lot happier and I learn a lot more. And it takes time and it's a process, but it's a process that I'm really glad to be embarking on. 
So I guess if you were to take any kind of wisdom from me, and I mean, I'm not always the wisest person, so do with these words what you will, but pay attention to shame. And don't feel bad about being ashamed. It serves a purpose. It's often a protective coping mechanism, but notice it more. Invite it to speak to you. Ask it what it needs or wants. I mean, really be in conversation with your shame. As strange as that sounds, I feel like shame is kind of a key emotion that helps us unlock who we really are. Shame is often a barrier between ourselves and our intuition and our gut feelings and kind of our highest selves, the most authentic version of us. And I'm a big fan of authenticity. Have a conversation with shame. That is a great resolution to have for 2019. Some not great resolutions, which seem to be the resolutions that everyone sets, are shame-based resolutions, things that suggest that you need to change your body or change your whole life or change your relationships or... I mean, there are a lot of noble goals, but if you're setting a resolution that suggests that there's something that you need to fix about yourself, you're greeting 2019 with this idea that you're not enough as you are. Instead, if you can be in conversation with shame and operate from the place of, I am enough, there are just a lot of limiting factors that don't allow me to be entirely me, like my best, most awesome self. If you really pay attention to how shame interferes with that process, it's a really beautiful place to start. So if you're looking for a resolution or just a little inspiration as you embark on a new year, that's what I've got for you. It's time for a moment of gratitude. As I said in the last episode, I really wanted gratitude to be part of what I do on this podcast. Honestly, I'm not always that great at slowing down and appreciating. And we just have this one life, you know? And I feel like slowing down to admire, appreciate, dwell on some of the good stuff that's in front of us is a really important thing to do. This is all we have. I'm kind of full of cliches today. Bear with me. This moment of gratitude is going to be a little bit emotional, which you are probably not surprised by based on the intro to the podcast. Today, I'm really grateful for my past self personal story time. I have struggled with mental illness for pretty much all of my life. And there were a lot of times, quite a lot of times, where I didn't always see a point in continuing. I didn't always see a point in trying. 
I didn't always see a point in surviving. There were a lot of times when I just wanted to give up. But I didn't. That's what I'm grateful for. I look at the life that I'm living now which is so remarkably different from the life that I used to have. And I think about all of the moments that I would have missed, the people I wouldn't have met, the laughter that I wouldn't have shared, the meals I wouldn't have eaten, the sunsets I wouldn't have seen, the books I wouldn't have read, the songs I wouldn't have heard. I just... Think about all of the different experiences that I came so close to denying myself. This really beautiful life that I have right now. And I mean it when I say beautiful. I have a job that I love. I have relationships that I cherish. And thanks to a lot of really hard work, especially on the part of my past self, I spend most days genuinely happy and that might not sound exceptional but you have to understand there were entire years of my life when I didn't want to be alive the idea that I can get up in the morning and just be really excited for my day or not want to go to sleep at night because I just want to keep doing these great things that I'm enjoying and sleep kind of feels like it's taking me away from what I want to be doing. The idea that I could feel like I have a life that I want to be living, actively want to be living, is such a far cry from where I used to be. The thing is, back then when I felt like there was no point, didn't really have any good reason to believe that that was ever going to change. There was no compelling evidence that I was going to have the life that I have right now. All I had ever known was this like misdiagnosed, undertreated trauma and disorder, and I didn't have any good reason to think that this is where I would be. For some fucking reason, I just kept going. I can't fully explain it, but I think I just wanted to believe that maybe it was possible. I certainly could not have imagined that I was going to have a life that I genuinely love and become a person that I really like. There was no evidence, at least that I could see at the time, that that was ever going to be the case for me. I'm grateful that my past self was foolish and determined enough to keep going when there wasn't really a good reason to. That, to me, is so tremendously brave. And I know that a lot of people who read the stuff that I write and are listening to this podcast might be in that place where they don't have compelling evidence that things will get better and they don't have a lot of good reasons to think that their life is going to become 
even remotely close to something they can appreciate because all they've really known is some kind of struggle. Believe me when I say that I've been there. I don't know why I stayed, except for the fact that part of me knew, even if I couldn't emotionally feel it, that change is inevitable. Things are changing all the time. And I had to believe that things could change. I didn't know for a fact that they would because none of us know for a fact that anything's going to happen except that the sun is going to rise tomorrow. And even that isn't always guaranteed when you think about the political climate and climate change and how stars work and all of that, but anyway. When I find myself in a place where I don't know what the hell I'm doing and things seem really bleak and really impossible. I think about a future self. I think about a distant me that is rooting for me, that so badly wants me to survive so he can exist. I can't always stay for me in this moment. I don't always like myself or my life, and I can't always see a reason to be here. But I choose to believe that there is a future self somewhere out there that's really, really glad that I chose to stay. And I know in all likelihood that he exists because I exist in this moment right now, and that's me. I'm thinking about that past self who made such a tremendously difficult choice to stay and I love him for that so, so much. And I'm really, really grateful to him and to anyone who makes that choice to stay and gives themselves a fighting chance to have a life that they deserve. Even if it's not guaranteed, even if they don't have any reason to believe that it's possible. Because the truth is, change happens and sometimes it happens slowly sometimes very quickly sometimes it's triggered by things that we just can't see coming we're not fortune tellers at least not that i can tell we can't see into the future with any kind of clarity there could be something right around the corner that changes everything, and that's exactly what happened to me. I was misdiagnosed with bipolar disorder. That's the reason I wasn't getting better. My treatment was all wrong. I wasn't getting what I needed, and I didn't even know that. I just thought that I was really messed up, and that I just was wired to be super depressed, and defeated and, and useless. If you've listened to this podcast, you can probably hear I'm a really optimistic person. I'm a really happy person and a really grateful person. But if I had made this podcast a couple years ago when I was in that place, it would be unrecognizable. 
everything changed because suddenly I just happened to talk to the right person in the right moment and I got a different diagnosis which set off a whole chain of events that led to a really stunning and wonderful life. And I'm not guaranteed to have this life forever because sometimes change is for the better and sometimes it hits you like a brick to the face. But when I do get hit with that brick in the face, I remember that there's a pretty good chance that there's a me in the future that is so glad I did not let that keep me down. That motivates me. And it can be hard to believe, and I can't always feel connected to that future self. But I know logically that any time that I thought my life was over, and that I thought everything was a mess, I was always wrong. It wasn't always immediately apparent that I was wrong, but eventually I got to a better place. And more than that, I've looked back at the struggles that I've had. And they're imbued with so much value. They taught me so much. They, I hate saying it, but they did make me a stronger, more resilient person. Sometimes when we plant seeds, they don't always grow right away. They don't always bloom immediately. Our struggles are often those seeds we have to take care of ourselves and work really really hard so that they can grow into something extraordinary and beautiful you deserve to live long enough to see all of that work come to fruition all of the colors and the petals and the beauty and the life that gets breathed into what you believed was a desolate space you deserve to live to see that that beauty, that self-actualization, to see that all along you were destined for something really incredible and that because you were patient and because you fought really, really hard and because you hung in there when you had no logical reason to, because you did that, you got to see how much potential was just brimming inside of you. I say this as someone who's looking at the garden and inviting you in. I don't know if you needed to hear something like this, but I know it's been a really hard year for a lot of people, and I don't want to minimize or invalidate that. I just want you to consider that maybe, at some point down the line, it's all worth it. I believe that it's worth it. And if you don't right now, that's okay. Just know that I believe that what you're doing, you're choosing to stay and choosing to keep going when things are difficult. I believe that it's worth it and I'm really glad that you're here. There's space for you here. There's a need for your uniqueness. There is a need for everything you have to offer the world and I'm really grateful that you're here and that if not now someday there's a good chance that you'll have a 
moment, just like the one I'm having right now, where you can see what I'm seeing, which is, it's difficult and painful, but sometimes it really is worth it. So we've approached the end of the episode. Just like the first episode, which if you haven't listened to it, but you enjoyed this one, you will probably enjoy the first one. But just like last time, I wanted to end on a little bit of childhood wisdom because I think we can learn a lot from our child selves. I saw this quote recently paraphrasing, but it was essentially the idea that it's never too late to become the person that you want to be. And I love that. Can I just say that again? It's never too late to become the person that you want to be. What does this have to do with child self? Well, I think that I've drawn a lot of inspiration lately from who I really wanted to be as a kid. I'll give you an example. Lately, I've been a little bit woo, which I've wrestled with a lot. When I was a kid, I wasn't really raised religiously. Um, Both of my parents are Christian, but for their own reasons, they chose to not really be a religious home. We were pretty secular growing up. And because of that, I didn't really have a lot of spiritual guidance. And so I kind of made up my own thing. I had found this book in the library about magic. It was kind of an encyclopedia of magical history, uh, talking about different rituals and different events in history. It was kind of like an intro to paganism book, to be honest. But I loved it. I loved the idea that I could just cultivate this whole self, this self in relationship to nature and mystery. I found a lot of joy in that. But as I got older and became an adult, I kind of distanced myself from that. I felt like maybe it was juvenile or silly. And I live in California. I often poke fun at a lot of the people around me who are kind of woo-oriented. I didn't want to be, quote-unquote, that person. But lately, I've kind of let myself be that person because it makes me happy. Because it reminds me of a child self who believed in magic and believed in mystery and believed that... Somewhere deep inside of me is this wisdom and connection to something bigger and it can take me to a really special place where most things are possible. Speaking on the subject of shame, I definitely had a lot of shame around my spirituality and I am still learning to unpack that. Can you think of a time when you were a kid and you found something that you loved 
something that meant a lot to you, something that shaped who you are that you've kind of lost touch with. Because I feel like with 2019 coming and the kind of apocalyptic political climate that I keep referencing, you don't have that much to lose. Why not explore something that used to mean a lot to you, even if it's tarot cards or a really weird or quote-unquote weird special interest, model trains, I don't know. I feel like there's something really important about rediscovering yourself through the eyes of your childhood self. And it's important to remember that it is never too late to do that. I have not been a very spiritual person in recent years, probably for the last decade at least. But it's not too late for me to rediscover that part of myself and all of the joy and possibility that that holds. And I wanted to invite anyone listening to do that, to reconnect with something that's important, not because it adds some kind of skill to your resume, not because it increases your productivity, not because it has really any value other than joy for joy's sake. Not everything we do has to amount to some very important purpose. It can just be because we love it or it makes us happy. Just because. In 2019, I want to rediscover just because. I want to rediscover reading really cheesy YA novels just because. I want to rediscover the joys of certain candy that I used to eat as a kid just because I want to read tarot cards and burn candles and set intentions and all of that woo stuff that I used to make fun of. I want to embrace it just because it makes me feel whole. There is merit in doing things just because. So I'm inviting you to find your just because. That's what I hope all of us will do in the new year. Cultivate a space with so much intention behind it. Something that's nourishing or just silly. If it's making sock puppets, I mean, the possibilities are endless. And the wonderful thing about how the world works is that there's no expiration date on changing things up. There's no predetermined set time in which you're allowed to change your life, whether it's in a small way or a big way or anything in between. There is no limit on when you get to do that and how many times you get to do that. And if you are lucky enough to be able to access therapy, you have the immense privilege of having a partner in that process, which is really, really cool. It's never too late. I want all of us to hold on to that. It is not too late. 
to find something that brings you joy, to reinvestigate where your shame is coming from. And it's never too late to change your life so that it can reflect a happier, more authentic you. Which is not to say that it's easy, which is not to say it's not exhausting, but there's space for you to do it. There's always going to be space for you. With all of that said, I want to thank you for listening to this episode and for supporting the podcast and for letting me have my feelings for holding that space. I think it's really special that we get to do this. If you are a fan of what you heard or just a fan of what I do, whether it's writing, podcast, getting a little grumpy on Twitter, whatever it is, if you support the content that I put out into the world in all of its various forms, please consider becoming a patron. If you have no idea what that is, it's basically uh, you donate on a monthly basis. Um, It's as little as a dollar a month, but it's incredibly helpful because when lots of people chip in, a dollar, three, five dollars a month, and you put all of that together, it really does add up. And it allows me to take the time to create the podcast. It allows me to pay for the domain that keeps my blog free and accessible. And also, bonus, um, a lot of the money that I raise on Patreon, I just reinvest in other mental health organizations as well as a way of making sure we are supporting everyone that's doing this work together. If you're interested or just curious to know more, you can go to patreon.com slash Sam Dylan Finch. It will be in all the various descriptions of the podcast, uh, so you should be able to find it that way. But even if you just Google Sam Dylan Finch, it will eventually come up and you'll be able to find it. Thank you again for your support and for listening. And I'm wishing you all the very best in the new year. And we'll talk then. Take care.